down to business. I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi. And uh, I got my blackjack gum here. And I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling that something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Coast. We'll get together, have a few laughs. Oh, you. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? Anybody move, I'll blow your fucking head off. And the medic gets out and says, oh my god. I'm your huckleberry. My advice to you is to start drinking heavily. Put that coffee down. Bowling, this calls for the old Billy Barul. That's a huge bitch! The royal penis is clean, your highness. Hey, where are the white women at? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's over, Johnny. It's over! Ah, uh, the only thing over is the theme song, everybody. What is going on? It is Saturday night. It is THT Movie Review, and I have Anthony sitting right across from me. What's up, Anthony? What's going on, bro? Not much, man. Anthony. I am, uh, I was excited about this one. <laughs> yeah, you dropped a bombshell. Bombshell, I'd say. Um, before uh, we went live. Uh, I probably, you know, just like I said to you, I probably shouldn't have started doing some, uh, show prep for the movie we're about to talk about. Uh, we're about to talk about Bloodsport from 1988. Um,. I was real excited to do this movie before I started uh, doing a little research. I wanted to talk about the real Frank Dukes, and um, we'll get into it after the movie. Maybe a little bit as the movie is going, we'll uh, we'll bring up a few things here and there. But um, let's say uh, Frank Dukes has proven himself to be the uh, Hulk Hogan. Of the martial arts world. Um, ugh. fair comparison. Sort of. Um, I mean, he's you know he didn't. Uh, I don't. I don't think there's any recordings of him using the N word. Um, but uh, Frank Dukes, I mean Hulk Hogan. There's obviously recordings. Um, but uh, 
it's it's it look there's um let's just say his his credits are in question uh some people saying stolen valor um some people saying he was never even in the kumite now there's a few things i will mention before we do get into the movie he did and and no weaves no frank duke sex tape um he did sue some people now he didn't win but he did you don't sue people unless you've got proof you know what i mean unless you're completely out of your fucking mind batshit crazy sociopath and believe your own lies you do not sue people unless there is some proof to what you are claiming. Very true, Box. Very true. Alright. Now, with that being said, there's still a lot of people calling bullshit on this guy. Um, now, there was no internet back then, obviously. Um, Thank God for this guy's sakes, apparently. <laughs> Uh, one of the articles even starts off, he's a lucky man, there was no internet. Um, and again, we will get into this whole thing after the movie. Let's, uh, I mean, we're we're going to just discuss it a little bit, and then we'll jump into the movie, then we'll Tarantino back to the beginning. How's that? We're, we're, we're going to Tarantino this motherfucker this week. How's that? Hell, hell yeah. All of this yeah. will make all of this will make sense in the morning, folks. So just sit back, relax, and tune in to the there audio you go. to the audio orgasm that is THT movie review Saturday night. Absolutely, man. Uh, <laughs> Weeps is going on about this Hulk Hogan reference. All right, uh, Anthony, I think it was a bad reference. Um, no, there was no sex tape. Weeps, I said that. No, his wife didn't take half his shit. Um, no. It's, it's a good reference if you look at it from the bullshitting aspect. I mean, Frank Dukes didn't uh, make any uh, allegations to the best of my knowledge that he was, like, offered to uh, lead a uh, singer role for uh, Metallica or uh, he was there for UFC, you know, so he didn't make any kind of those type of wild accusations, but no, no he, he did kind of bullshit, apparently. He may, he may have uh, stretched the truth a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. But, um... With all that being said, you know, exaggerations and all, this will go down as one of my favorite martial arts movies. Um, even though this is Donald Trump's favorite movie, it's okay. I'm cool with that. Um, this will definitely go down as one of my favorite martial arts movies. Obviously, I think Enter the Dragon will always be my my favorite you know, because it's it's Bruce Lee. Um, and I bring that up because this movie came out in a time where people were still looking for... I'm not going to say the next Bruce Lee, but the next martial arts star. How's that? That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. So, obviously, after Bruce Lee's passing... There really were no martial arts stars anymore. It kind of took a took a dive after this. Uh, it was still 
pretty much flowing well over in Hong Kong and places like that where they make those martial arts movies. But in the United States, it was pretty much kind of dried up. Well, let me ask you something. You know, you said they were looking for, like, not the next Bruce Lee per se, but mm -hmm. somebody that can kind of fill that void. Mm-hmm. How would you say, would you say guys like Van Damme and Jackie Chan did an admirable job of uh, not filling his, role, filling his void, but kind of like stepping up in his absence, oh, yeah. so to speak? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And there's, and look, we're going to get into some stuff with, uh, I don't know, you can call him Van Damme, Van Damme. Um, but uh, he, Jean-Claude, let's just call him Jean-Claude. Uh, first of all, the guy has remained relevant for a very long time. Uh, I mean, this movie was 1988. This guy still has stuff coming out. Matter of fact, in December of this year, he has an Amazon show coming out on Amazon Prime. He plays himself trying to restart his career. Nice. Um, I fucking forgot the name of it. I will get the name of it before we, uh, before uh, you know, maybe the chat room can look that up. Uh, it starts in December. Uh, I know the start date of the show is December 18th, and it's on Amazon Prime. So maybe that'll work it out. But uh, <laughs> Weebs is laying them out in the chat room tonight. <laughs> I can't even say that one, Anthony. If you want to say the Chung Lee line, go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm going to be on my best behavior. I'm going to be a good co-host tonight. I'm, going to... <laughs> I'm not going to let you drown tonight, Box. Don't worry about it. Oh, fuck. Man. <laughs> <laughs> but, th but this is why, this is why we need weaves in the chat room every single week for moments like this. It, was, oh. it adds to the overall value of the movie review show. We need everyone in the chat room. Uh, <laughs> but there you go. Uh, yeah, because you could all see the, the comment that I'm talking about right now if you were here. But um, where were we? I don't even know where to start. There's so much. This All the stuff I've been finding out really blew my mind. But, um, oh, I know where we were. Yeah, I really do think they that, uh, especially Jackie Chan, really did step up when it came to uh, sort of filling that Bruce Lee void. And we've had a few. You've had Jackie Chan, who, by the way, has been an actor since he was, like, speaking. If if you look up Jackie Chan's credits, there's, like, over, I think, like, two or three hundred. Yeah, and yeah, like, I mean, a lot of people are more familiar with Jackie Chan from his 90s work. But he's been around a long ass time. Very long time. And he's beat up. Don't forget, he doesn't use a stuntman. Uh, speaking of stuntmen, there was not one stuntman on this movie set. Not one. Not one. Everything you saw was the actors or martial artists that they had doing these roles. Uh, no stuntmen were involved in this film at all. Uh, but, you know, we've had a few, we had, uh, you know, if you bring up Jackie Chan, you got to bring up guys like Jet Li. Of course. Who, you know, his wushu, the wushu style had never 
been brought to television before Jet Li. Uh, really, that's sort of a, I'm not going to say an unknown style, but it's sort of an underground style, that Wushu style. But uh, good to see him bringing it. Chow Young Fat, he's another one that I really like. Um, uh, who who else has really done? But, uh, I mean, there hasn't been that many that yeah. you can name. Yeah, yeah, that made that cro- – the guys we're bringing up had that crossover appeal in the States. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously, if you live in Hong Kong or if you're familiar with how things work over there, can probably, like, you'll run out of fingers and toes. Rattling yeah. all things, rattling all things. But in terms of states, you got the main ones that like Jackie Chan, Van Damme, uh, Chow Young Fat, Jet Li. Jet Li, yeah. And I mean, I'm not, look, I'm not going to go over to Hong Kong and be like, oh, that's Sonny Chiba. Most people don't even know who the <laughs> fuck Sonny Chiba is. No, that, that's, that's a real martial artist, dude. <laughs> that's a real guy over there who was an older actor. But, I, you know, I know there's guys like that, but... You're right. To bring over to the United States, you've got your, like I said, the Chow Young Fat Jet Li, who, you know, basically made his debut in uh, Lethal Weapon 4 and blew up from there. I mean, some of his movies, that movie he did, um, the the one with uh, uh, Aaliyah. Is it Romeo Must Die? Romeo Must Die with him and Anthony Edwards and DMX. Was in that movie. Oh, too. that was a great fucking movie. That was a great fucking movie. Yes, but you know, oh, there really haven't. Been, I mean, you know, you got your Steven Seagal. We can't leave Seagal out of this. Yeah, yeah, Seagal. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. He lost some cool points with that album that he tried to put out. I don't know about you, but he lost some cool points movie for that album. Listen, even I, Travolta, <laughs> even Travolta put out an album. All right. I don't know Travolta though. Like you, like Travolta can get away with the cheesy stuff. Like Seagal had like that badass aura about him for years, for a long ass time. Because I was, I'm still a Seagal mark for like the old school ones, eighties, early nineties. But man, like, listen, if you can listen to the song "Party All the Time" and still be an Eddie Murphy fan, you might want to give Seagal a little bit of fucking slack. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. You see, do you see where I'm coming from there, Anthony? Yeah, Weaves. Uh, write some more info in the chat for a box to rattle off real quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. Um, I will rattle off. The budget was 1.5 to 2.3. I did read the budget was 1.5. The box office for this movie was 65 million. Again, proving the point that the United States was clamoring. Um, and in need of a martial artist. Now, even Van Damme's um, martial arts background has come into question. A lot of people say he's just a, you know, because he did dance. A lot of people say he's a ballet dancer who can throw kicks. Um, What's that guy's name that uh, supposedly, not supposedly, but uh, did kick Van Damme's ass in a bar. Um, Zito. Chuck Zito. Oh, do you, know who, do you know who Chuck Zito is? I don't really. I'm not familiar with his background, but I remember that incident with Van Damme. Bodyguard is Chuck Zito to the. Uh, Chuck's. Bodyguard. What the fuck? I've started drinking early. 
Uh, Chuck Zito is the bodyguard to the stars. He was Stallone's bodyguard at one time. Uh, he was even in Oz for a while, the show Oz. Believe it or not, he actually did a, a, a little stint in that uh, that HBO show. Um, yeah, yeah, Weebs was throwing out the name Chuck Zito for me, but uh, yeah, I mean, he, him, and Van Dam got into it in it, it was in a bathroom in Scores, I believe, in New York. <laughs> I do remember Chuck Zito coming on Howard Stern and talking about this. Uh, oh, Chuck Zito was in Sons of Anarchy, too. I didn't know that. Thanks, Weebs. Yeah, thanks for that info, Weebs. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, Chuck Zito's a legit badass. He knows all these different styles. Um, but, you know what, Jean-Claude Van Damme, I don't think he's ever come out and claimed to be this big badass that can kick everyone else's ass. He really just does what he does and tries to stay relevant, and he's a really I mean, he looks like a really humble, cool guy. Yeah, pretty boy you know, type. Definitely the pretty boy type. The girls love to see him, and you know, all the women were dying to see him with his shirt off. And yeah, yeah. this movie certainly gives you that. Yeah, please show me a Van Damme movie where <laughs> uh, seventy-five to eighty percent of it doesn't involve him walking around randomly for no reason whatsoever, without a shirt on. In the tightest bikini briefs found on Earth. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, and find me a Van Damme movie that doesn't uh, have him doing a split. Yep. The man is known for his splits. Uh, there's even a, I believe it's a Volkswagen truck commercial of him uh, performing the split in between uh, two trucks. Wow. It's recent. He was 50-something years old doing that. Yeah, he's actually 57. I was looking at his info here. Yeah, I mean, look, the man's in amazing shape for 57 years old. But uh, Oh, real quick, Box. I was going through his uh, acting credits here, mm-hmm. and I wanted to pick out a few things that I uh, noticed, and I wanted your view on them. Okay. Uh, so he goes back to 1979 when he debuted on the scene. Okay. Yes. Um... Okay, he was in Breaking. I didn't realize that he was uncredited. He was uncredited extra. Yes, he was. He was barely even shown. You might not even see him. And another movie, another role here is a minor role. And I'm quoting here, so don't don't shoot the messenger. 1984. He was in a movie called Monaco Forever. Uh huh. And his role is credited as, and I quote, "Gay Karate Man." Yeah, and I'm not sure why they credited him as this. Uh, I've actually seen this part uh, in this movie. Believe it or not, you can find it on YouTube, and uh, you can find it on Facebook, believe it or not. But YouTube has this part. I don't know why they have him as gay karate man, but I don't know. While we're at it, though, since we since I do have all this pulled up, Let's look at some of uh, the movies he's been in. No Retreat, No Surrender is another one of his. I've I, I've even seen some of the fighting scenes from that. His real breakout role was this movie, Bloodsport, that oh, we're yeah. about to talk about. No, Absolutely. No argument for me on that, Bob. Yeah, from here he did a not-so-well-known movie called Black Eagle. I have not seen that. And then he did Cyborg. 
Have you no. seen Cyborg? It's been a long time, but I remember, yes. Good movie. Kickboxer, we've spoken about Kickboxer. I love the Kickboxer movie, the first one especially. Uh, we've got Lionheart, Death Warrant. Double, Double that's, a, that's du- a personal favorite of mine. That was the one we were actually talking about uh, a little while ago, maybe the last week, where it's where he plays his own twin brother. Uh, then he did Universal Soldier, Nowhere to Run, Last Action Hero. We spoke about that movie and talked about his little uh, little cameo. Hard Target, Time Cop, Street Fighter. This is where it started going a little weird for him. Yeah. Then he got back into it. Sudden death. He did a cameo on Friends. Uh, did some movies I haven't seen. Did Double Team. That was the one with him and Dennis Rodman. After 1997, Double Team is where it sort of slows down a little bit for him. He still gets work, but a lot of the movies aren't very popular. Probably his next popular movie after that is uh, Legionnaire and then Universal Soldier, The Return. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at some of these, like, the Universal Soldier really need all these sequels? <laughs> oh, they had a bunch, dude. Yeah, I'm looking, Mama. I didn't even realize. Yeah, yeah, and unfortunately, I hate to admit, but I've seen them all. Even the one with Goldberg? Oh, yeah, that's actually a good one. That was the second one, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah, because I remember cause that came out when WCW was actually still around. It was actually a good one with him. Ah, the movie is called Jean-Claude Van Johnson. Not the movie, the TV series that um, looks like he's been recording it since, uh, not recording, but filming it since 2016. But it is now coming out on Amazon Prime. Maybe it's already been out and I haven't seen it, but uh, according to this, it's uh, according to Amazon Prime, it'll be there August or uh, December 18th. So, all right. I think we should get into this movie. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Let's fucking get into this goddamn movie. I am excited to talk about this movie. Uh, Not a shit ton of scenes because most of the movie is fighting. Obviously. Um, Now, a couple more of the main characters in this movie is Donald Gibb, who plays Ray Jackson, a, uh, basically yeah. just a brawling biker. And I gotta, I gotta say, man, like, mm-hmm. between, I, you know, I know this is a movie show, but between Van Damme, who obviously looks like the wrestler, mm-hmm. who, I, who I mean, and I, the wrestler RVD definitely had to uh, pattern his look and his, and in, in, uh, some of his moveset from uh, uh, John Claude, no doubt about right. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Donald Gibb, I swear to Christ, I was looking at this movie today. Did you not, did you get that young Braun Strowman uh, vibe from him? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So I want the um, No, no, he definitely has some Braun Strowman there, um, or Braun Strowman has some Donald Gibb in him. We'll just say that um, Donald Gibb, his most notable role, everyone knows him for Ogre. In Revenge of the Nerds, uh, I don't think anyone can not know those movies. Nerds, exactly. He that that that's that was Ogre. He was the nerds guy. 
Uh, we even get Forrest fucking Whitaker in this movie. And to show you how old this movie is, this is before the eye thing developed. <laughs> yeah, he has. I mean, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm not trying to be funny here, but <laughs> no, I don't know what happened. This was way before the uh, the, the the googly eye, as Triple H says. Um, another notable character in this movie is going to be Bolo Yang or Jung, actually, probably Young. I think it's Bolo Young. Um, Bolo is most notable for this movie, but he was also in Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee. Most of the lines in this movie he has are directly Bruce Lee's lines from the movie Enter the Dragon. Actually, um, that was by design or or coincidence. By design. By design. This was this this movie was sort of. I'm not going to say homage to Bruce Lee, but definitely a few things in here were, you know, kind of calling back that you know, the best martial artist in the world, Bruce Lee. Just sort of an homage to him a little bit here and there in the movie, but um, Bolo was also in another movie with. Van Damme, which also was Double Impact, which we just talked about. He played a, the bad guy in that movie also. Um, according to everyone, this guy is the biggest teddy bear you could be around. As big and badass and scary as he looks, he's the, the uh, from all accounts, he's one of the funniest guys you can be around. That's how it, usually, that's how it uh, goes usually. Yep. The most intimidating-looking dudes are the teddy bears, but they just happen to be able to kick ass. Yeah, yeah. This guy is fucking... I mean, if you've never seen this guy, he is huge. Uh, Weeps is putting something in here. Uh, Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker studies yoga and has a black belt in Kempo. He also trains in the Filipino martial arts of Amis under Dan and Santo. Dan and Santo, I, I was just about to bring that up. I, I did bring him up. Dan and Santo is the student of Bruce Lee. And he's trained actors such as Denzel, Brandon Lee, but many others. Dan and Santo, matter of fact that if you go on YouTube and type in Bruce Lee real fight, the fight that pulls up is first of all not a real fight it is just a basic brawling sparring match and the guy bruce lee is fighting is dan Insanto. nice his basically best friend and one of the first people he taught everything of the jeet kundo style to so dan Insanto still around still a badass but, um, all right, we were going to get into this damn movie. We got into some of the most of the actors in this movie. Uh, uh, I guess, uh, are there any, uh, notable NYPD blue references? The only, the closest reference I could find was Forrest Whitaker was in an episode of Hill Street Blues, which is a Stephen Bochco show. Close enough. Yep. 
That was the old, the close, and I went through everybody. But most of these guys, their only credit was Bloodsport because they were just in there as martial artists and fighters. Um, so let's, let's 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 go ahead and get into this movie a little bit. Obviously, we start off. Um, this is a martial arts movie, so again, most of it is fighting. We're not going to go through every fucking fighting scene. Uh, the movie, uh, it's an hour and a half movie, but it's not worth going through every fighting scene. Um, now the movie starts off showing Hong Kong. Now, I do want to say immediately, this Kumite of this year did not take place in Hong Kong. It was actually in Nassau, Bahamas. So there's the first part of the movie that's a little bit of bullshit. This movie does, uh, the movie takes place in Hong Kong, but the Kumite of this year did not take place in that, in, uh, in Hong Kong. <clears throat> uh, but they're in Hong Kong. You see a bunch of guys preparing for the Kumite, and right away we get a training montage. And I actually didn't. I did like this opening, very badass yeah. opening. This is when you know you're going to get a good badass martial arts movie right away. You've got the guys. They show them, you know, different countries, all training in different ways. Um, you know, I mean, from the, the, the guy jumping on trees and busting coconuts to the, to, uh, Chong Lee breaking ice to, you know, another guy just sparring in a, in a, you know, traditional dojo, but that's pretty much what you get. You get a training montage in the beginning. Um, but obviously they're all training for. The Kumite, however they can. Um, pretty much the beginning of this movie is a flashback after this. Uh, but everyone is training for the Kumite. Everyone. Matter of fact, let's get to this first scene that I'm going to play here. Let me hit pause. And the first scene I'm going to play is actually really quick. It's... Um, Right away, when Donald Gibbs, we'll, we'll just call him, we'll call him Ray. Want to call him Ray? Let's call him Ray. You got it, boss. Ray. Or, or Ray you want to call him? You want to call him Jackson? We can call him Jackson. We'll call him Ray. All right. When Ray's trainer walks up to him and starts kind of talking about the two, the Kumite, they're making it sound as dangerous as possible. And here we go. Let's start here. Jackson, you really going to Hong Kong? I love anything with full contact. Need a few more scars on my face. But I heard you can get killed at that kumite. Only if you fuck up. There you go. Uh, so obviously they're trying to make this kumite like this dangerous full contact tournament. Um, now this is real. This kumite does happen every five years. It is full contact. So it's basically like Fight Club, underground Fight Club. Except these fights are actually sponsored by the IFAA and many other associations. Um, matter of fact, you can go on, you know, sportmartialarts.com now and watch the Kumites. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it's all, you know, and the IFAA being the International Fighting Arts Association, uh, you know, which has always been, you know, a legit, you know, fighting association, you know. So, but uh, another thing we start off here is uh, with Jean-Claude Van Damme after all the training montages. It shows that he's in the military at this time, which is another questionable part of the Frank Dukes thing, which we'll get into. But uh, what he does is he he's being told that he can't go. Um, and you know what? We'll go ahead and start right here with one more scene. Here we go. Sir? Excuse me. Colonel Cook would like to see you before you leave on furlough. What's the problem? The colonel found out you're going to Hong Kong. He wants to talk to you about it. Tell him I'll be right there after I take a shower. But I'll have to wait, sir. Okay. All right. Even he's training to go to the Kumite. Uh, but, again, they're not sure if he's allowed to go. But, obviously, he's supposedly an incredible incredibly valued operative to the military and this is why they actually send people after him uh his here you go hold on let me just play this sir where's dukes he was at the gym like you said he took a shower i waited and he disappeared what do you mean he disappeared one minute he was there next he wasn't jesus christ if anything happens to dukes in hong kong get helmer and rollins on this right away and I don't want to see your face again until Dukes is beside it. Understand? All right. So, again, he's an incredibly valued operative for the military. This movie does bear a striking resemblance to Lionheart, where he has to escape the French Foreign Legion to go see his brother and avenge his brother. It's a little bit of the same movie. Have you ever seen Lionheart, Anthony? Uh, yeah. Good movie. And we'll, we'll, I'm sure eventually we'll get into that movie. Um, but right now, this is where the beginning of the, the flashbacks start. This is where we sort of see how he became the martial artist that he is. But... Again, this is another part in the movie that is complete bullshit. Uh, Frank Dukes actually says this is not how he met uh, Tanaka. He doesn't ever really say how he did. And a lot of people say it's because he wasn't his true Shidoshi. But again, we'll get into that a little bit later. Um but this is this part of the movie is the the montage of where he did it and how he became this and um I'll play a little bit of it here right here now first i do want to say shidoshi he broke into the house in order to steal the the sword um ugh. Katana, thank you. It is a sacred katana, which is which is the trophy 
when you win the Kumite. Okay. And uh, this guy had won it. Him and his friends broke in to win it, to steal it. And they obviously, one of them gets caught, the other one leaves. The one that gets caught is Frank Dukes, Van Damme in this movie. And the father makes a little deal with them that, you know, you help me train my son and I won't call the cops. So that's basically how the relationship is built. Again, Frank Dukes damn near said he damn near sued over this because it was disrespectful to his legacy. Which we'll we'll get, uh, it's funny, but we're going to get into it later. Um, Somehow, right after a scene where um, young Frank Dukes is helping out his uh, Shidoshi son after his son is getting uh, beat up, somehow, and it's never explained in the film, and it's never actually been explained even by the the original name of the of the uh, hold on one sec before i say this i want to get into it i want to say the right name the real name of the shidoshi is jack siki s e k i i might be saying that wrong but that's the real name of him uh and um so there's that and they were from Arizona that's where this is supposed to all be so it is in the United States but uh that's how they get into it and he starts training his son now they never explain how his son dies yeah and yeah get, I was about to bring that up it was kind of weird never explained i looked on the internet there is no explanation None. Not one bit of explanation on how he really died. Now, if you had to guess, if we were to freestyle, would you say he died in one of those tournaments? Because obviously that's what he was getting trained for as a young kid. And and one thing he did say is one day when I get older, I will... You know what? I didn't even think about that. I'm guessing that's, you know, it's, it's just one of those continuity things that they probably didn't get to. I would hope that they at least had some cutting room, uh, room footage of it. But well, I'm guessing they just didn't just, they didn't think it needed an explanation. I guess that was one of those things where they just expected you to kind of like put the piece together yourself. Well, at one point in the movie, their their handler and, you know, Ray and Van Damme, uh, Ray and uh, Frank's handler says, last Kumite, he killed a guy. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. You never really put it together. But uh, Weep says it was probably a car accident or Godzilla. Godzilla. Oh, no. Shut up, Weeps. All right. Weeps is going to get me in trouble tonight. But that's all right. Um, they never really. But again, that's that's a good point. But I never thought of that. But that might be. Because if you listen to the next scene I'm going to play, this is right after his son dies. And this is where he talks Tanaka into training him for the uh, 
This may be a little long, but we'll see. Shidoshi, I feel like I've lost part of my family too. Shingo and I were close friends. My brothers. And you and Mrs. Tanaka have treated me like a son. What will happen now? No more training. Stop now. But you have so much to teach. You don't understand. In the war, I lost my first family. My son, daughter, and wife. They live in Hiroshima. I left Japan because of the war. The war was wrong. I came here to start over. Begin a new family of a son. Another chance to pass on the teaching. For 2,000 years, knowledge passed from father to son, father to son. When Shingo died, it stopped. Teach me. I can do it. You are not Japanese. You are not a Tanaka. You taught me using any technique that works. Never to limit myself to one style. To keep an open mind. What? To honor you, Shidoshi. Alright, so he does start training him. Um, I think training is a, a light word to use here. He <laughs> beats the fuck out of him. Um, but he's showing him things. Showing him pressure points and um, how to do this and that. But he really is is teaching him everything he knows. Uh, at one point, it even shows him drawn and quartered. I don't know if... Do, do, do you know what that means? Uh, no, break that one down for me, Bobs. That is the thing where Van Damme is tied to a tree and ropes with each leg to oh, a yeah, tree yeah. and each arm to a tree, and there's pulley systems. It's called drawn and quartered. Wow. It used to be a torture, but it's actually used in very ancient martial arts to hide the pain. <laughs> he wasn't if doing you... a good. He wasn't doing a good job of hiding. I don't know, man. I know it was a movie acting, obviously, but <laughs> Jesus Christ, you could just if you look at Van Damme's face, he's like, "Can we cut? <laughs> Can we cut this shit?" Well, again, I mean, but you know, it, it. No matter how much Tanaka beats him up, he still keeps going and trying and doing. And uh, you know, Anthony, now that you mentioned, I think you might have hit the nail on the head here with saying that maybe his son did die in that kumite. Yeah, I've never put that together, but I think you might be right. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, it just kind of like to me, I guess it was just one of those continuity things. But I just remember, like I said, he was training for that. They made mm-hmm. that clear. Like, and that was the whole deal for not calling the cops on him. You help me train my son, get him ready, and uh, take it from there. But it, I just thought it was kind of weird that they never really, because that to me would have been a crucial part of the story. Yeah, because the flashback was supposed to be 10 years later, or earlier, excuse me. So, you know, the kid would have been old enough for the Kumite at that time. Yeah. Definitely old enough. But, I mean, he's even teaching him how to, you know, do things blindfolded and feel things. And it's the traditional old school way of teaching the martial arts. Uh, you know, even one point he's sitting there hitting him with a kendo stick. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know what? Sandman style. He just started beating the fuck out of him. I thought it was funny. He says something to him, I think, here. Practice until you can meditate. Nothing can distract you. So that you see and feel nothing except your own energy. See and feel nothing except your own energy. This is right in the scene where he is drawn and quartered um, and pulled. Again, Van Damme can do splits. This probably didn't hurt him as bad as you think he did, but he is so you know, focused that he actually ends up breaking the contraption. Contraption. Good word, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, before we go any further, because mm-hmm. I think this is a good tie in here, who do you think's method, who do you, whose methods do you think were better? Uh, blood sport or karate kid? Wax on, wax off. Oh, blood sport. Blood sport? Oh, you want to toughen someone? Daniel was a little fucking puny shit. You want to toughen someone up? You fucking draw and quarter their ass. Fucking fuck wax on, wax off, sand my floor. This guy was like... Clean the toilets. Yeah, fucking clean the toilets. Fucking here, be my maid. I'll teach you karate doing it. Fuck you. This is some fucking shit here. This yeah. kid, he got his ass kicked, he thrown around, thrown this way, thrown that way. He's training to be a badass. Yeah. Yeah. If he if he, if he can take that, if he can survive that training, he can survive anything on the streets. <laughs> Weep says karate kid was child labor. <laughs> I believe he was uh, 15, which is legal working age. I believe uh, he was okay. He was okay. Uh, but no, he didn't pay him. Weaves has a point. He did sweat not pay shop. him. He was running a sweatshop. God sweat. damn it. Weaves is on a roll tonight. Sweatshop Miyagi. Damn you, Miyagi. <laughs> damn you, Pet Marita. You sweatshop running little fuck. Damn, All right. you, damn you, Miyagi, for training Hillary Swank. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. But uh, we'll get the end. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that one. No, oh, I, I, I actually, I don't know about that. No, I, honestly, after the uh, the Jade, the one with uh, Will Smith's kid, I actually uh, grew to appreciate the next Karate Kid. 
Oh, the one with Will Smith's kid was not good. <laughs> I mean, past not good. That was shit. Yeah, Jackie Chan couldn't even say that one. And I'm and I'm a Jackie fan, Jackie Chan Mark, but uh, mm. he wasn't saving that one for me. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm I like Jackie Chan too, but uh, now at this point in the movie. He goes to see his Shidoshi because uh, his Shidoshi is dying at this point. Although, if you watch this scene, he looks great. He looks fucking great in this scene. Yeah. I do want to say. But I'm going to go ahead and play what he says to him, which again, uh, he, he is leaving for the Kumite. And we'll go ahead and play the uh, little scene here. Yo, wig? Shidoshi? You sleep with your eyes open. How are you feeling? Like an old man. And how about you? He says like an old man, by the way. I want to point this out. Not a gray hair on him. Yeah. Not a gray hair on him. And let's face it. Asian's gray. Yes, we should all be so lucky. To look this good on our deathbed. Uh, dude, if I look this good as I'm dying, like, you know, fucking black hair, black mustache, fuck yeah, dude. Take some pictures of me. Take some pictures. Hell yeah, take some selfies. Order some hookers. Fuck yeah. <laughs> this is fucking ridiculous, man. This guy looks great. Anyway, let's roll. I'm going to Hong Kong. You're sure you want to do this? To honor you means everything to me. I have poured all my knowledge into you. When you fight, my spirit fights with you. In Kumite, you will need it. Sorry about that. Uh, and the next scene, he's in Hong Kong. We don't get anything else. Just right to Hong Kong, goddammit. Uh, but this is what... All right, now we're getting into the movie. We're getting to the fight scenes, people. Yeah. Which, I'm not sure how those are going to go. This is a goddamn audio, not video. But anyway, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll see how this works. He is on a little bus traveling, and he's already in Hong Kong. He does not meet Ray, but he sees Ray get on the bus, uh, again played by Donald Gibb. Um, makes a few comments. He kind of smiles about it, and that's about it. But uh, they do meet again at the hotel, where they end up playing one of my favorite old video games, Karate Champ. I knew this was going to come up. Did you ever play this? No. I played Double Dragon, though. Love that fucking game. Oh, I love Double Dragon. You've never played Karate Champ? Uh, no. Man, this was a great game. Was it on Nintendo? I think so. Yes. Yes, it was. It did end up coming out on Nintendo. I did have it. Uh, I had to think there for a sec, but this was, this was before, like, 
Nintendo, this game. This game was like one of the, you know, real stand-up arcade games. And it was fucking great to play this game. It was such a good game. Um, very simple, very, I guess you could even call it analog now. Wow. Now let me ask you, when you was playing it back in the day, did you get in a lot of fights? Because, you know, back in the day when you would go to the arcade with some of these games, they would be intense. I never got into fights in the arcade, no. No. When I was little, when I was, you know, when this movie was coming out, I, I lived in North Carolina, and my aunt, when she was alive, worked at an arcade. And after school, she had to work till 6. After school, I would go with her to the arcade. She would hand me a bucket full of tokens nice and i would play 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 for hours until we had to leave oh so you had a good old time yeah and this was one of the games i would sit there and play i played this game i played galaga loved fucking galaga joust was another one i loved playing um, Pac- Centipede, Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man. Yeah, gotta throw Pac-Man. In. That, that, that's yeah. a game, I, you know, I don't care how old I get, I can always pay Pac-Man. Yeah, Donkey Kong, Classic. and um, Burger Time, another one I like playing. Burger Time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. Dude, this was way before we had this technology shit. Yeah, I, I'm, old, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. I, I used to love going to the arcade. I spent a small fortune going to arcades. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think she was stealing the tokens. Uh, the owner was always right there when she was giving them to me, Weebs. Um, and Statue of Limitations would have run out a long time. She actually passed away when I was 14 years old. Uh, so, anyway. Uh, yeah, she passed away of a drug overdose. But anyway... Um, Karate Champ was an amazing game back then. And if I see it in a fucking arcade, I'd still play it right now. But, you know, obviously, you know, him and Ray are playing, and Van Damme beats him in the game. And uh, this is how they kind of uh, make the friendship. Here you go. Kind of fighting, huh? Yeah. You want to see some real fighting? You can see me fight at the Kumite. I'm here too for the Kumite. Aren't you a little young for full contact? Aren't you a little old for video games? You want to go at it again, huh? Yeah. <sighs> All right. So there you go. This is how they became friends. Now. This character is actually based off uh, this character. And by this character, I mean the biker character played by Donald Gibb Ray is actually based off of a real character that Frank Frank Dukes talked about named Richard Robinson, who was just a big, badass former biker. If you'll notice in this movie, he doesn't do one martial arts move. He is a brawler. Yeah, he basically kind of literally just throws his weight around. Mm-hmm. 
exactly. Um, now, if you remember before the uh, colonel, lieutenant, whatever he was of the military, did tell the his officer to put two guys on it. He mentioned their names, whatever. We'll just Forrest Whitaker and the other guy. Uh, <laughs> we'll just say that. <laughs> are the uh are the two guys that uh they put on the case and uh they go see Tanaka and the family they are trying to find him because they need him back again he's supposed to be this big valued part of the military and they do want him back uh this is where they go and after that scene they they show Ray and uh Frank at the hotel checking in. This is where they meet their handler, a little Asian guy named Lynn. Here you go. Let's get into this scene right now. Help you. Yeah, how you doing? My name's Jackson. This is Mr. Frank Dukes. Are our rooms ready? Mr. Lynn in room 310 wants to see you after you check in. Who the hell's Mr. Lynn? I'm Lynn. You Jackson? You look like a Jackson. That will make you Frank Dukes. No, no, no. It's Dukes. Gotcha. Like put up your Dukes, right? Okay, so here's the deal. This is the biggest comedy ever. We got fighters from all over. I've been assigned by the IFAA to help you and the other North American fighters find your way around. I'm going to make sure you guys give it your best and don't disqualify by fighting outside the arena. The trial. They are like the mafia. It's allowing us to hold Komate here this time. Alright, so there you go. There's their handler, who is the most stereotypical Asian guy you could ever see for 1988. <laughs> what, am I wrong? No, you're not. I mean, hey, 80s, 90s, casual racism was king. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, and honestly, it's just a stereotype. And honestly, I didn't think that much of it. I, I think nowadays that character would get picked apart. You'd have rallies. You'd have protests. <laughs> you would. You would, actually. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, he, he he is. But he's kind of a funny guy. Uh, matter of fact, give me one second. I'll funny how? Hey, ha-ha, funny, you know? <laughs> Uh, like like a fucking clown. He makes me fucking laugh. Yeah. We'll play a little more of that scene, though, I think. I think he says, talks to him a little more about the Kumite. It's allowing us to hold Kumite here this time. Here it comes, man. The war city. Not a place for outsiders. You are in Hong Kong. But you are about to cross an invisible border into mainland China. No joke, man. It's a rundown piece of no man's land in the middle of a tourist paradise. It goes way back to the old lease agreement between Great Britain and China. Once you step out of the sunlight into the narrow corridors, it's time to protect your nuts, guys. All right, there we go. So this is where they go in. He introduces these two guys from America, and here we go. Okay, USA. There you go. Chinese guy says, Okay, USA, and they go in. So there you go. This is where they see 
basically they're seeing the Kumite for the first time now and um kind of realizing what they're getting into um let me play a little bit of that when they're just walking in here we go guys first you can show the brag dragon boys your imitation then you gotta qualify and prove to them you can step onto the runway and not get killed you got it mm-hmm. you got it Mm-hmm. Okay, so they have to prove themselves. Um, I'm going to play a little more of that scene, and then we're going to get into the dim mock. Which here, let's 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 do this. He represents the Tanaka clan. You don't look like Tanaka. Shidoshi Tanaka trained me. Who else is the whole world? He says Senzo Tanaka is his Shidoshi. What's the difference if Bruce Springsteen is his Shidoshi? If Senzo Tanaka is his Shidoshi, then show us the dim mak. What the hell is a dim mak? Death touch. Okay. Dim mak. Death touch. Is a myth. It's not real. I just want everyone to know this. Um, This bottom brick thing cannot happen. Frank Dukes has done something sort of like this, but the way he places the cinder blocks sort of makes it so the bottom brick breaks. Um... I would call it more a magic trick than an actual martial arts move. It's not real. Um, the dim mock in this movie was where they made him actually break the bottom brick on a stack. Um, again, it's not real. So really cool for the movie. It was a great scene. Uh, the director of this movie, Newt Arnold, took a lot of liberties doing some of these things. But it's a movie, it's Hollywood, and listen, this movie made enough fucking money to where I don't think it matters. You know what I mean? Okay. It was a great movie, no matter what. But the Dim Mock, bullshit. Bullshit. It happens. Yeah, who cares? I mean, like it's a movie. Like you're allowed to take a, what is it, artistic license in a movie. So I, I wouldn't, you know, I don't think that it's that big of a deal. With it, yeah, for the for the purposes of the movie. No, no. And again, when we get into the you know, after this movie, when we get into the other stuff, eh, yeah, it's going to be really weird. But all right, now after he does the dim mock, this is where we meet Bolo. Or uh, Chong Li. And I'm going to play this just because of the line he says. I'm playing it. I know what you mean. Oh, yeah! Son of the bitch! Is that good enough, guys? We honor your invitation. No shit you honor his invitation! 
Very good. But Brick, not hit back. Okay. He says, you heard, very good, but Brick, not hit back. This is obviously sort of a callback line to Enter the Dragon, where Bolo, who is him, he actually uses his real name in the Enter the Dragon movie, breaks aboard. Bruce Lee looks at him and says, hmm, very good, but boards don't hit back. This was a definite homage to Bruce Lee right here. Obviously. Have you ever seen Into the Dragon, Anthony? It's been a while, but I've I've seen it. I would have to rewatch it. Oh, it's 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 amazing. But yeah, this obviously Bolo um in this he's the only guy to ever work with Bruce Lee in this movie. Um that's a big deal. I mean, Bruce Lee died in 1975 for anyone to have words with him is pretty, pretty rare. I mean, you know, I mean, it's hard. It's weird to say, but Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you know, was trained by Bruce Lee. Uh, Ed O'Neill's another one, wasn't it? Ed O'Neill was actually, he's another Dan Santo guy. Now, again, <laughs> Dan Santo was trained by Bruce Lee. So, you know... Ed O'Neill, and, and I mean, Ed O'Neill's also a fucking Gracie guy. He's been trained by the Gracies in the jiu-jitsu style. That, that blows Hard. my mind. Just, just, that blows my mind that Al Bundy is a badass on that level. <laughs> Al Bundy could whip most of our asses. <laughs> that's that's pretty fucking scary to think about, dude. <laughs> if Really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I am. But he seems like a pretty chill, level-headed guy. But just just the just the visual of Al Bundy kicking somebody ass is hilarious to me. <laughs> yeah, and he is a legit badass, which is scary, man. Um, Jesus, Bolo was only age. He was only forty-two years old, so he was young when he worked with Bruce Lee, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's yeah. You know, always good to see anyone who's actually worked with Bruce Lee and Bruce Lee saw a lot in him because Bolo had a big part in his movie. How old was Bruce Lee when he died? Was he was, he was like in his uh, mid 30s, right? I think 32, 33. Yeah, cuz I mean he wasn't that old. No, he was young. He was in his fucking prime, dude. He was in his prime and he, you know, died. It sucked, but I don't know, man. I, 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 like many people, I really wished he had uh, he had not died because it would be really cool to see what he would think of the UFC and all that stuff right now. He he would love it, absolutely love that any sort of martial arts was getting the you know notoriety that it is. Yeah. So now after the Dimmock. We go to the scene where uh, the two operatives that are looking for uh, Frank actually go to the police in Hong Kong, ask him for their help. He's not really willing to talk. Again, you heard 
Lynn say that the triads are the one allowing it to happen. Um, and once again, I do want to bring up this year, this Kumite was really in Nassau, Bahamas. So, you know. Um, and this whole military thing where he had to escape the military is also all bullshit. Which is proven that it was all bullshit. He was out of military service if he was ever in by this time. So, there you go. Um, but yeah, they're begging the uh, the Hong Kong police for help. They don't really want to help because of the triads. But this is where he... Uh, this is where Van Damme, Frank, meets his little reporter love interests, which is another total bullshit part of the movie. Uh, there was no love interest. This never happened either. But it's a movie. You got to have a love interest, right? This is where he meets her for the first yeah, time. She was One pretty hot, especially by 80 standards. She was pretty hot for 80 standards. She was sort of milfy for the 80 standards. Uh Basically, she's trying to get information about the Kumite, and she's around some of the other fighters who are being assholes to her, especially uh, Hussein. Kind of weird, but anyway, um, <laughs> Hussein is being a real asshole to her, and he makes a deal where he, if he can get a coin out of the guy's hand... This was a Bruce Lee trick. Okay. Bruce, Bruce Lee did it a little more magic than everyone else. Um, this really is a weird trick. It's not hard to do. You just get someone to hold their... And really what you're supposed to do is you get someone to hold their hand out, palm up. You put their hand under theirs and whip around and get the coin. If you really do it slow, it's clear that once you touch the person's hand, the coin bounces into yours. You have to hit their hand to do it. It's obviously in the movie is bullshit. It can be done, but it's not basically, as easy. Basically, it's a sleight of hand trick. It's... Basically, right. It's basically a, a trick. It's 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 magic. But he does get the girl, and um, yeah, we played a little meeting they have where he asks why he was there, and this is where he finds out what she's doing. And here we go. Why were you with Hassan? I've been trying to get a story on the Kumite. I'm a reporter. Tell you anything? He told me I had nice legs. He's right about that. Why is it that no one will talk about the Comte? What is this air of mystery? I'm just trying to find out what it's all about. Why are you fighting in it? It's personal. You want to prove your manhood to the world? The Comte is for the fighters, not for the people who read newspapers. But I've heard that it's unnecessarily brutal. Like a cockfight, except it's with people? You have the wrong picture. Will you tell me about it, Frank? I want to have the right picture. Okay, I'll talk to you. But one condition. 
What's that? You agreed to have dinner with me tomorrow night. Well, actually, I was hoping Hossein would be free. There you go. And, of course, right after that scene, shirt off, doing a split, meditating. Immediately. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So there you go. Ray walks into his room, and he's like, dude, you should stop doing that shit. You're going to want to have kids one day. What the fuck? <laughs> but... Again, this is where we start seeing that this man can do splits like nobody else. So, and I believe this might have been the uh, where he trademarked the splits for his career, sort of. Very good point. Mm-hmm. He must have got a good reaction, if you know what I mean. But um, right after this, they go to the Kumite. The Kumite is starting. Uh, do you want to know the rules of the Kumite? Very much so. Then let's do this. Welcome, warriors of the world. Today, you become part of a tradition that began hundreds of years ago. The Kumite was first used by the Korukai, the Black Dragon Society to measure the fighting skills and spirit of its members. Every five years, the best fighters in its ranks would face each other in full contact, with one winner emerging as the superior warrior, the champion. The Kokorokai has been joined by the International Fighting Arts Association as co-sponsor for this event and as the guardians of a rich and powerful heritage after three days one fighter will prove himself to be the best may the mightiest warrior prevail there you go now there are your rules you see what's happening it's basically a tournament style um it, it basically a, a fighting tournament uh, now, Anthony, I know what you're thinking. Okay. She. Kumite. What does Kumite mean? What would that translate to in our language? Translation of the Japanese word Kumite means free fighting or roughly sparring. Um, so basically that's exactly what they're doing here. They are free fighting sparring free fighting meaning all styles welcome yeah so basically you know just from watching this movie and the way you kind of been dropping your knowledge which thank you by the way because you're teaching me something tonight uh <laughs> it's been, it, it basically seems like it was early before like ufc got regulated everywhere like when ufc first came around in the early 90s mm -hmm. that's what that's what it's coming across as a lot of people credit this movie with sort of the UFC style coming through. Um, but And UFC sort of is Kumite style. It is free style. And especially the early days. Any style was welcome. I mean, if you saw the early days of UFC, you would see, you know, these tiny little guys going up against guys like Tank Abbott. I'll just throw someone out there who was one of those early guys. Tank Abbott was... Yeah. 
And Tank wasn't a trained fighter. He was a brawler. He was a he was a Donald Gibb of UFC. He basically was a knockout artist. When he, exactly. When he can get a good shot in, he knocks you out. But his if you look at his win loss record, it was terrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely, it was absolutely. But um, oops, sorry. But uh, yeah, from here, this is where we you know we do start getting into the fights. From here, um. This is where it starts really, you know, and again, we're not going to go through every fight. I promise you that. But uh, we do start seeing the fighters going, and this is where the scenes, I mean, you see a lot of different styles. You see, like, some Brazilian arts. You see uh, Muay Thai. Actually, the guy Paulo is... um, one of the guys here, and he's definite Muay Thai fighter. He's one of the few in this movie who actually has a lot of credits under his belt. Um, you know, uh, he's got like 40 credits under his belt. But this is also right now where we see, uh, before the first fight, Lynn tells him a little bit just to get him ready, and here's what we're going to do. Now remember, it's full contact. There are three ways to win. One, you knock the guy out. Two, the opponent quits and shouts Mate. It's like saying uncle. Three, you throw the fucker right off the runway. Piece of cake. There you go. Basically, it's like a fucking any other match. Knock him out, throw him off the runway, or make him say, Mate, I quit. Uh, now, Weebs is saying Kumite literally means grappling hands. Why you gotta tell me I'm wrong, dude? What the fuck's up with that shit, man? Why you gotta be like that? Box, if anything makes the host look bad, you gotta remember to no sell it. I know. I just figured I'd say it. Because <laughs> eh, if it's true, it's true. But, um, yeah, this is where you see these guys start really fighting. Tournament starts getting whittled down a little bit. Um trying to see the next scene I got lined up to play here so I know where I'm going. The first uh, fight that we go ahead and uh, we'll play a little clip from is Ray's first fight where he goes in and beats the dude's ass. But again, no martial arts is used, just a bunch of brawling and like big man fighting. But uh, he wins and here we go. You check that out. Thank you. Good stuff, Jackson. Thanks. But, uh, what took you so long? Oh, funny. Real funny. <laughs> All right. Now we get into Chong Lee's first fight. Now, Chong Lee again, um, he is the villain in the movie. Matter of fact, let's go ahead and play that scene where we we get the explanation of who Chong Li is. Uh, shit, I just fucked up here. Hold on. That was the one scene I didn't have locked in. Give me a sec, Anthony. I'll find it. I'm fine. You're the tech. You're the producer. You have the clips. You have your hands on the buttons. Yeah, I had most of these scenes fucking locked in, but all right, hold on here. Here we go. Well, uh, I missed it. <laughs> I'm not doing good tonight. 
You're doing fine. You're doing fine. All right, here we go. Here we go. Stuff, Jackson. Thanks. But, uh... Jesus Christ. I've already played that fucking scene. Here we go. What's going on? It's John Lee, the current champ. He's never been defeated. Those awesome records, including the fastest kill. He killed a guy during the last Kumite. Yep. Kicked the poor bastard right in the throat. I died right there on the platform. John Lee stood there and watched him die. Alright. Now, there you go, Anthony. I wanted to play that because we mentioned that scene earlier. That's why okay. I... That, that's why it was important to play. Which is the other reason I think you might have a point. Okay. Where you said that the the, you know... Tanaka's son was killed in the Kumite. Remember, there's a five-year difference in each Kumite. It's only held every five years. Okay. So it's definitely a possibility that that's exactly what happened, and they just don't explain it in the movie. Yeah, you know, yeah, I make points every now and then on this program. That was very good. Very I, good point. Yeah, I mean, I'm like a detail. I mean, all jokes aside, though, I'm, I'm a detail person. It's like, when you watch a movie... You pay attention to things because obviously, theoretically, everything should be building to a climax. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was a crucial part of the movie that they just brushed over. They really did. I'm not sure if they just did it just to continue the movie and move on and or go for that little you know heartwarming scene. But whatever. Meanwhile, Bolo goes in and whips this first dude's ass. Bad. That's an understatement. <laughs> oh, he fucking wrecks this guy. Uh, but again, we go through more matches. Um, Van Damme fights uh, Jose. Oh, I believe they were calling him Hosin in this movie. And kicks his ass. Not only does he kick his ass, he breaks the record of Chong Lee. Knocking out this guy in 12.2 seconds. Now, let me ask you something here. Mm-hmm. I, uh, do you think that, I guess hindsight being what it is, do you think that uh, they should have made uh, Van Damme's character kind of like fight from underneath a little bit more? Because it seems like his character throughout the movie didn't really have like a, outside of the training aspect, once he kind of got into the uh, fight scenes, he didn't really have a lot to overcome. Seemed like he was just blowing through a lot of things. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Seems like he was, but get it done, man. Uh, Now, Dukes does still hold four records. And again, questionable. We'll get into this a little bit later. Just after the credits of this movie, it does show that he holds the fastest knockout at 3.2 seconds. Fastest punch with a knockout, 0.12 seconds. Fastest kick with the knockout at 72 miles per hour and most consecutive knockouts in a single tournament at 56. Okay? Okay. Let's just hold those records until the end of the show when we bury the fuck out of this guy. Uh, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) Which is pretty much what happens. Um, from here, we just keep getting a bunch of fight scenes. This is the first day of the tournament. <coughs> Ray and Frank are kicking ass. 
one way or the other throwing guys out of the motherfucking field and everything. But remember, he still has two operatives looking for him. And the Hong Kong police chief does actually tell them where he is. And I'll play the little mini conversation they have uh, right here. Okay, Dukes, you know why we're here. Taking you back, Frank. Let's go. Only when the kumite is over. Who the hell are these two scumbags? Just stay out of it, pal. It's not your business, okay? I ain't your pal, dickface. Look, Frank, the government has invested a lot of time and money in you. Uncle Sam can't afford to let you get hurt. I won't get hurt. That's why we're here, to make sure of that. Don't make a tough on us, Frank. I'll be in the airport in two days. It's not good enough. Frank, read my lips. We are taking you back now. Don't make us oh use 50,000 volts on you, Frank. They pulled a taser on him. Bells. <laughs> they pulled a taser, Anthony. A taser? I guess they thought he was Goldberg or something. I don't know what they, but, but <laughs> Forrest Whitaker breaks out a taser like it's a goddamn Uzi. Uh, hey, hey, <laughs> all jokes aside, you know, tasers are nothing to fuck around with. Absolutely not. They are, Absolutely. They are really fucking that boy. No, you can get pretty fucked up from a taser. Uh, he does run from him. Frank Dukes does. Von Damme does. And he teases him a little bit on the run. Uh, you know, just kind of being a, a, a douchebag. Uh, he ends up taking the reporter to dinner. I'm not even going to play that fucking scene. He ends up fucking her. Uh, <laughs> right away. First date, in bed. God, what a movie. Uh, but yeah, he ends up banging her. And of course, we do get the gratuitous um, putting his underwear ass shot of him, yeah. which I could have done without. But, um, the, again, the reporter does want to get into the Kumite, and she does figure out a way to do this. Um, yeah. Yes, a very, very good way, yes. actually. She, uh, she ends up playing a hooker, going undercover, and getting into the tournament that way, which, uh, good for her. Hey, hey, hey. She wait. figures it out. Yes, her mother raised her well. We, we, need, more, we need more of them like that. Absolutely. Um, now, in the tournament, obviously they're uh, narrowing down. Ray goes up against Chong Lee in this tournament, and um, Van Van Dam tries to give him some advice here uh, to go for the gut. He says that that's where he's weak. That's where Chong Lee is weak. But Ray doesn't exactly take his advice. Uh, here, let's go ahead and see if we can do this. Right here. Time to separate the men from the boys. Just be careful, Chongli doesn't separate your head from your body. Go for the gut. It's up there. What the hell are you talking about? Chongli is weak in the gut. That's how Paradise surprised him. Hey, you listen to me? Go for the stomach and stay away from his right leg. 
Will you stop worrying, Frankie? I've got it under control. You sound like my mother. Man, <laughs> you sound like my mother. Uh, all right. He does go in there, and Chong Lee fucks him up enough to where he has to go to the hospital. Um, now, we do need to say that Ray is wearing a Harley Davidson headband. Uh, in this, which Chung Lee does take as sort of a souvenir after he beats him so badly. Um, but they do go to the hospital now, and that's the scene I'm going to play after Chung Lee beats him. Uh, Anthony. Uh, yep. You there? I have got to piss. Do you want to talk for a minute, or do you want to take a quick break? Take a quick break. We'll take a quick break. All right. We'll take a quick break, and we'll come back with this hospital scene. Just remember, right when I'm taking a piss, Chong Lee is kicking the shit out of Ray. And uh, we will be back in just a minute to finish up this movie. Be back, y'all. All right. Sorry about that. I didn't have a choice. I had to take a piss. Oh, I feel much better. You know what they say, Anthony? When you're pissing clear, you're pissing beer. Pissing clear is always a good thing. Well, mine was sure clear. I honestly thought the toilet was going to just flush itself because I was pissing so much. Fuck, <laughs> oh, man. I can breathe again. But that's, that's that's a good thing. <laughs> My pants fit better. How's that for a piss? <laughs> See, yes. All right. Um, when we left, what happened was uh, Ray Jackson was in a fight with Chong Lee, getting his ace kicked, and. Uh, Again, beat so bad, he ended up in the hospital. Um, I'm going to play the hospital scene for you because it uh, it's sort of where he, sort of, uh, he being Frank Dukes, sort of uh, seeks his revenge on Chung Lee. So I'll play a little bit of this. I'm not going to play the whole thing. It's a little long, and the the woman gets a little, she gets all womanly. It's sort of weird. But anyway, here we go. Ray? Ray, I'm here. Ray? The doctor says you're going to be okay. You're lucky you have a head like a rock. Yeah, you'll be out of here in a week. I'll get back at Chongli. That's a promise. Do you think that's what he wants? Someone to share a room with? Johnny, stay out of this. Frank, I don't want to see you get hurt. Then don't watch. If you want to argue, go elsewhere, please. Sorry. You're not even trying to understand what this means to us, are you? What is there to understand about a bunch of guys who have to prove themselves by beating each other's brains out? Why did you become a reporter? What does that have to do with it? Just answer the question. My father was a reporter. 
I was a good writer. It seemed like the right thing for me to do. And you want to be the best reporter you can be for him and yourself, right? Yes, that's right. Well, I'm just trying to be the best I can be. Not just for me, for Tanaka and my Shidoshi too. Great, Frank. That's just great. Go right ahead. I just hope you don't end up like Jackson or worse. But I'm not going to stand around and watch it. You're blowing it, Frank. Forget about the girl. Forget about getting back at John Lee for Ray. You have a chance to take it all tomorrow. Do you understand? You can be... All right. I guess I will play the whole scene. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. My dog was barking his head off for some reason. Um, now, she's obviously upset. She doesn't want Frank getting hurt. So what do you think she does? This bitch goes to the cops, Anthony. Yeah. The cops. This snitch. These hoes ain't loyal. What can you do? This snitching. No wonder he didn't take her back to the States. This snitching little cunt. <laughs> I wouldn't have either. You can't trust this girl. Hose I'm telling you. Hoes ain't loyal. I'm telling you. Ah. They're not loyal. <laughs> can't trust these hoes, man. <laughs> All right. Um, she goes to the cops, tells them she wants the Kumite shut down because someone almost died there yesterday, blah, blah, blah. Um, once she says his name, though, he, re the, 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 the chief, I believe he's the chief of police there, realizes that it's the same guy that the two military operatives are looking for, um, then we get into a weird scene where this little On My Own song plays and he's having flashbacks of, you know, the, the her and Ray and everything. I'll be honest, this scene is shitty. Yeah. Great movie, shitty scene. Uh, I, I would tend to agree with that one. Yeah. Yeah, not a very good scene at all. Um, but we do get some good scenes after this. Uh, the next day, finally comes up. He goes to the Kumite, and of course, off the snitching of that reporting little bitch... The two operatives, Forrest Whitaker and the uh, short white guy, are waiting. <laughs> I don't know. I know he's got a name. I'm just not really wanting to look it up right now. The, the cast in this movie is so... I mean, to pull up the full cast is not even worth it. Really, the notable actors in this movie are Van Damme, Bolo, and Forrest Whitaker. Exactly. That's it. You got three guys. Yeah. I mean, uh, look, I'm not saying, uh, you know, the short white guy and, uh, you know, the big fat white the black guy beside him. Uh, that, that would be mean. But to say Forrest Whitaker and the short white guy, that's niceness. Yep. And, and, and the sad part of it is uh, Forrest Whitaker doesn't really get a lot of speaking roles in this. 
it, 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 that had to be. You think that was like an inside joke? Like every time he started to talk, they just cut him off. No, this was an early dude. He, I, this might have. I mean, he was still not a big actor at this point. He was still just sort of a a role player in a movie. He didn't have any like you know starring roles at at this point. So, so, he, so he still would have been paying dues at this point. Um, paying dues. Very good, Anthony. Very fucking good. But anyway, those two guys are waiting for him, and of course he has the uh, the clever line. You guys here for the finals? There aren't going to be any finals, dudes. At least not for you. Don't try to stop me. We're not. He will. I did not come this far to stop now. You shouldn't have come in the first place. Take him. All right. This is where they have a line of people. This is where he runs the gauntlet of police officers and beats every one of them. Um... I didn't look this up, but I'm going to guess this is bullshit, too, because the whole part of him escaping the military to do this is bullshit. So I'm assuming this part here is bullshit, too. Once again, though, Forrest Whitaker pulls out the goddamn taser like it's a fucking Uzi. (laughs) He loves that goddamn thing. Um, But, of course... They don't get Van Damme, Van Damme, whatever. And basically, he tells them, look, I'll be at the airport. And you know what? Fuck it. I'll just play the goddamn part. We've been chasing you all over Hong Kong. Can we stop this? Okay, Frank, you win. But it's wrong what you're doing. It's a mistake. I'll meet you at the airport tomorrow. All right. So there you go. Meet you at the airport tomorrow. That doesn't happen. They do go in and watch the fight. Um, and, of course, this is the finals. We do know he is going to be fighting Chong Li. Uh, and, you know, he does. Let's just sort of get a little bit of, uh, you know, basically they're standing on the mat. Um they do the kumite mat for the finals. They curve it so it's more of a. It's not a U, but a. But it has a curvature to it. I'm surprised WWE hasn't done this for a match yet. <laughs> Don't give them ideas. Seriously, the kumite match. Man, if Ricky the Dragon Steamboat lasted longer. <laughs> 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 No, 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 just think. You know, movie show, but fuck, just imagine if Ricky Steamboat ever went heel and joined the Yakuza. Had oh. had them as his henchmen. That would have been badass, man. I gotta tell you, I'm a little shocked they never wanted to get Bolo into wrestling. Look at this guy. This is. Vince probably would come if he saw Bolo back in 1988. Yeah. He's probably never seen this movie. Yeah. I mean, he's never seen Scarface. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah, I, yeah, I could imagine he probably didn't. But if he had it, like you said, if he had a saw it, he would have put. He would definitely would have tried to track this guy down. Oh, give, give me his information ASAP. Oh, At least this for a guy. Off. 
Absolutely. He was, I mean, f- and especially for, you know, an Asian guy at the time, he was built. Oh, yeah. I mean, put unbelievably. Him, put, put, him in the, put him in a zoo spot. Mm. Make some money with it. See, I mean, seriously. Guy was jacked, had some personality. I really think if his English was better, he would have got a lot more roles. But his English was horrible. And he was just a big jacked guy who he was kind of typecast into these uh, bad guy villain roles. So anyway, let's get into this now. Obviously, they're on the mat. They're ready to fight. The ref is counting, you know, one, two, three, go. And Bolo stops him. Here we go. You break my record. Now I break you. Like I break your friend. Break my record, now I break you. So, there you go. They, this really is an excellent ending fight scene. Um, There's a lot of memes about the ending of this scene. Um, Now, this is where we can sort of... This is the end of the movie, so we can sort of start bringing in some things here. There's a lot of people who say that Frank Dukes never even fought in the Kumite. Um, so, none of this happened. Uh, according to Frank Dukes, the part in the fight right around the end where... Bolo, or Chung Lee, blinds him is true. And this is according to Frank Dukes, it is true. Not only Frank Dukes, but according to some witnesses, it's also true. So, you know, now he does obviously end up beating uh, Chung Lee. He's the first and only person to end up beating him after a grueling fight and being blinded. Um, not only does he beat him, but he makes him say mate, which means I quit. Uh, here you go. Sand! 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 There it is. He does end up making him say it. Now, there's a lot of memes and stuff of after he got blinded some of the faces Van Damme makes and he does some weird groans and things like that I'm not sure I want to play that part because it's kind of weird two quiet scenes and all that so it's not really a visual part but uh, some of the noises he makes are funny and it goes back to where he was blindfolded and he stops his hand and, you know, cause he can't see. It's just sort of a recall from the middle of the training montages of the movie. Yeah. Basically that's exactly what it is. Um, but he does go and he does win. And I've got a little bit of that right here. We can play a little bit of the, uh, ceremony where he does win the ceremonial katana, that in the beginning of the movie he was trying to steal, he has now earned it as a man. 
Mr. Dukes, you fought with inspiration. We of the Kokorukai salute you. There you go. This is for you, Shidoshi. Now, I do want to bring up Frank Dukes in this movie was French-Canadian, which is probably why Van Damme fit the part better than most. And he did look a little bit like the guy. Um, now, after he does this, he ends up back at the hospital talking to his buddy, Donald Gibb, uh, Ray Jackson, the badass biker and I'm going to go ahead and play that part which comes directly after he says it so you might hear a little bit of cheering still from the last part but uh, let's play that part and that's pretty much the end of the movie here we go stomped him real good huh Frankie worse what do you mean he made him say mate alright Frankie but don't you get too cocky, because you might have to go up against me next time. I promise. Mm -hmm. You guys are out of your minds. I'll drink to that. <laughs> By the way, next time you fight, try to keep your clothes on. All right. Real quick, I'm going to pause it there. When he says that, he hands him back the Harley Davidson headband that we didn't realize was sentimental, but did end up being a sentimental part in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I will play the rest of the scene, and here we go. Anytime, any place, anywhere, if you ever need me, I'll be there. I love you, my friend. Me too. Take care. <sighs> All right. So there you go. The loving part of the movie, the touching part. He does end up getting revenge. Um, goes to the airport. He does meet the operatives there. Gets on the plane. Everything is fine. Um... This is where the his record comes up that I already mentioned. Uh, this movie is, again, one of my favorite martial arts movies. Um, obviously, if you've ever listened to the Bruce Lee episode, you know I am a huge martial arts fan. I love martial arts. I've taken martial arts in my life. And this movie is just one of the badass martial arts movies. So if you were to put together a top 10, top 20, where would this be? This would be top two or three. High praise. Top two or three, this movie. I, w I believe it. Or I, you know what? I would put probably my top three 
Number one will always be Enter the Dragon as a martial arts favorite for me. Um, it's it's the one movie not only that starred Bruce Lee, but Bruce Lee got to show himself, his style, himself. And, I mean, you know, if you go back and listen to our Bruce Lee episode, you know, Bruce Lee didn't think of martial arts as fighting. He really thought of it as an actual art. And, you know, I said many times, and he said many times, he never really said fighting unless he was really breaking it down and explain it. And, and he would always say expressing yourself. Through ass whoopings. Well... <laughs> Basically, that's what he meant, but that's what he would put it as, and he really thought of it as an art, and, you know, Enter the Dragon will always be my number one uh, martial arts movie just because of the the Bruce Lee tie-in. I mean, we've we've gone into detail on my markiness of Bruce Lee. Uh, I mean, we did a whole episode on that and uh, Muhammad Ali. So if you want to check that out, it is in the archives on iTunes. But uh, I would take this as probably number two. And uh, my third, I would really have to fight between best of the best. Wow, that's that's an interesting choice, actually. Best of the best, the first one. Okay, yeah, because it was like five or six of them. Jesus. The first one was absolutely amazing. The story behind it. I would really put that as my third favorite martial arts movie. And I know there's tons more out there that are probably better. But those three are my personal top three that I, you know, always will stop and watch. You know, but yeah. Yeah, blood blood sports probably definitely a number two in there. Yeah, a great great movie. Now, now we talk about it's a great movie, Anthony. It's a great fairy tale. Uh, according to some, now a lot of the things in this movie are in question. Uh, A lot of people have written books about Frank Dukes questioning his... um, How would we say this? Questioning if what he says is real. Um, Man, I don't even know where to start. I'm really trying to think of where to start as I'm saying this. Uh, I... Listen, again, this movie is great, and it will always be. Whether it was true or not, I really think it means nothing to me. I mean, when you think of a movie, you know they're going to take liberties. You know they're going to make it Hollywood. And whether this was a true story or not a true story, I really don't care. The movie itself was good. Yeah. Um, Hollywood will always take liberties in these type of things. Like, case in point, Goodfellas, one of my favorite movies. The uh, Joe Pesci character, mm-hmm. that that character really existed, but in, in real life, the guy was like 6'8 and 
six eight six nine something like that. He was like a giant of a man. Clearly, right. Joe Pesci ain't a giant of a man. But he, they right. they basically gave him the same personality type as a guy. But physically, uh, Joe Pesci was nowhere near the uh, same stature as this guy that he was playing. Hey, right, right, exactly. Now, there have been many articles written on Frank Dukes. One of them actually claims that he was never in the Kumite um, and that the trophy he bought was from a store not far from where he lived in California. There have been things... Now, Frank Dukes, I do want to say, has sued a lot of people over slander slander um def- you know obviously you know trying to defame him um now some of his fighting is under question not all of it but like i said a lot of people think i mean there's one website that i pull up here that's basically a uh, stolen valor website that pulls up a lot of his stuff and uh, where is that one right here it's actually called give me one sec poser disposer military phonies and it was an article published on uh, March 19th of 2017 so it's not an old article but Frank Dukes has a few things in here that are controversial, yeah. if you'll say. Um, this was the last one that I that I sent to you, Anthony. Okay. Now, let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. Based on your research, and you know, you've already said that uh, this movie is in your top three. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do you stand on a Frank Duke? Uh, do you tend to believe side with him, or do you tend to si- tend to side with the uh, naysayers? Mm. This is a tough one. Because before you, I mean, because before you kind of like did the research and broke this down, it's like I, I would think you probably were a fan of the guy, or at the very least admired like his contributions or what you thought were his contributions to the uh, art form of martial arts. Yeah. Now, yeah, and I mean, I I really don't know. I mean, look, if he's definitely, you know, like I said, a lot of people are saying that he's was never military. Um, you know, which if he was the military stolen valor, I think that's bullshit. That's really wrong. Um, you know, uh, the, the guys that are in our military, you know, are basically working seven days a week, 24 seven all day, all night. And to impersonate one of these fucking guys is really bullshit. And there's websites dedicated to people that are, uh, you know, doing this and again, stolen valor websites, but and, and that are exposing these people. I again, and I said to you off air, this guy sued a lot of people. He sued. Hold on one second. Let me break this article up here. Control F sue. He has sued. Uh, Black Belt Magazine <laughs> for trying to defame him. 
He actually sued Jean-Claude Van Damme at one point for trying to make a script called The Kumite, um, which was kind of going to be a sequel to this movie with him in it. That was not allowed to be put out, which is why you've never seen it. Um, He also sued Soldier of Fortune magazine to attempting to smear his military past. Um, He didn't win all of these cases, but the fact that he sued these people means one of two things to me, just like I said to you, Anthony. He's either an absolute batshit crazy sociopath or he's got some fucking proof that this shit is real. And just because he didn't win the case doesn't mean he didn't prove that he, I mean, his lawyer could have fucked up this and that. There's a lot of reasons he could have lost cases. Um, just, you know, not being the fact that he didn't prove that, you know, that this was the case. Proof isn't always the definitive factor in a court, unfortunately. Uh, But... You know, there's that. Uh, man, this is tough for me because this is such a good movie. I know, I know. But there's a lot of things in, 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 in question with his life. And again, the stolen valor thing would be the worst thing for me. Um, would it change my my perception of the movie? If that's what you're asking, no. It wouldn't, because I never went went into this movie thinking, oh, this is a completely true story. Matter of fact, I was, I mean, I was, this was 1988. I was 13 years old, and I was probably, you know, young enough to where I didn't give a fuck. And still don't, to where if this movie was true or not. But um, I do know some things in this movie were, you know, taking liberties. Um, like I said, the part where he was uh, Frank Dukes. Uh, did Frank Dukes really meet his karate instructor after breaking into his house? No. The movie, uh, he said he uh, his quote was, it was a clever device to make people understand the importance of martial arts training and how its discipline played a role in putting and keeping young impressionable minds on the right path. That was the exact quote. But um, he did say that he almost sued over that fact because it was so disrespectful. Um, Again, he never evaded the military. Uh, Let's see some other things here that were questionable. I'm just kind of going back because I, um, um, there was another thing that Frank Dukes did that people thought was real, and a lot of people are saying it was a hoax. In 1998, uh, I'm sorry, 1993, Frank Dukes attempted to break bulletproof glass with his hand um and he did it 
and he does hold the record for that still. But someone who was there and worked with it with him, a gentleman named Richard Alexander, claims that it was all a hoax. It was all plexiglass. Um, there is another thing that Frank Dukes claims that um, he was done that was done on television where he broke a beer bottle with his hand and the same guy says he was using sugar glass, candy glass, like used in the movies. So a lot of things with Frank Dukes is into question. I have to be honest. I really don't know where to stand with this guy. Be because of the fact that he sued people, how really, and again, unless he's batshit crazy and just is a total sociopath and believes his lies, why would you sue people for, you know, you know, defaming you and all this if you didn't have something to back it up? Can you explain that to me at all? Anthony? Ah, that makes sense. Anthony is not there. Oh, yeah. oh you are. But, I mean, I, I really don't see how he would do that. Um, and, yes, he did write a autobiography entitled The Secret Man. Now, Weebs, if you dig into that a little more, that book he pulled off the shelves due to controversy. Um, I don't know if you knew that or not, but he did. He actually did pull that book off of shelves. Uh, so that's another thing that's a little weird in the it's... in the thing. Why did he pull it off the shelf? He never really gave any answers. He was just said, "Well, I was being attacked." Uh -huh. Well, that's great. That's great. You were being attacked. You know, you should be able to fucking handle yourself. But even IMDb says this movie was touted as a true story. However, since then, much doubt has arisen about the veracity of Duke's story and the majority of martial arts enthusiasts view his accounts of competing in secret tournaments as complete fiction, as well as his claims of military service and being undercover CIA, which I haven't mentioned yet, um... A CIA operative. Some have pointed out that he is the only source that has the secret that these secret tournaments exist, and nobody else has come forward to confirm there's that his story and tell their own version. Um, which is true. Now, like I said, you can see these kumites now, but that you know doesn't mean much. But, um. He was the fight coordinator on this film and also on Lionheart, Frank Dukes, which was another Van Damme movie. But a lot of things have come into question, like I, you know, likes being brought up here. And one of the things he says, which I have to admit, when someone starts claiming they were a undercover CIA operative, yeah, 
I call Bravo Sierra bullshit right there. When you start claiming the uh, CIA thing, I worry. Because that's like a that's like something you tell girls to try to pick them up, you know. True enough. Right. Exactly. Um, now Weebs mentions one. Weebs did mention something in the chat before. One of the guys in this movie, uh, Michael, oh, I'm gonna butcher this last name, Quissy. Uh, he plays a guy named Swan and uh, Swan Parides in this movie. He actually goes on to play Tong Po in the Kickboxer movie. Oh so, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but um, you know, I don't really want to bury Frank Dukes, but too late. <laughs> I guess so. And I, I, it's really hard to you know sit there and do this and be like you know is, is this true? Is that true? Un unfortunately we're really not ever going to know because it's before the times where you could fucking uh catalog this stuff you know yeah and cross reference and it's it's been so long I mean at the time the accusations were made and the lawsuits were filed this was like roughly 10 years after after the movie was already out and released mhm mm and now we're attacking on another twenty, so it's like it's really no way to really go back back in time and go. Hmm. Well, in nineteen eighty eight, this movie was filmed, and but five years before that, he was actually here. Not you know, really no way to kind of like catalog that, like you said, catalog this information. Right now, Weebs also gives me another in, uh, thing I didn't know that uh, in nineteen ninety three, he was also the choreographer in a movie called Only the Strong. Uh I like that movie. It was uh, all filmed in Miami. Um, the guy who pl let me get let me pull that movie up and get the guy's name. The only other credit I remember this guy in is. Do you ever, do you ever watch the original Iron Chef? Yeah. Remember the the chairman. <laughs> yeah. The guy who was very short-lived as the chairman on that show was actually... that. This was the main character in this movie, Only the Strong. Uh, this was a, a movie about capoeira. Uh, Mark de, de... Oh, fuck. Hold on. De Caucasus. Here we go. Take a, take a oh. sip of that spinach. Holy butchered was the guy in that movie and he was actually the um like I said he played the chairman I believe it was the chairman on uh, Iron Chef yes the chairman he's been in a few other movies he was in Cradle to the Grave with um was, uh, Jet Li and DMX Good lord another DMX reference we're going to have to do a DMX flick on this one on this show we're going to have to do a fucking DMX movie soon um, but yeah, yeah, that was him in that movie. But, uh, I didn't know that he was also the, uh, fight choreographer on that. So good for him, man. But, uh, hell, I don't know, man. The more we do this, the more we're just going to bury this guy. Let's just say his whole career has been in question. He's sued. 
Um, like I said, he even sued Soldier of Fortune magazine, which, you know, um, basically buried the guy. I don't know. But to stick with the movie, I love this movie. I always will. Same. Uh, now, let me ask you. Mm-hmm. This is one of those movies that spawned a lot of sequels. Uh, we already, this movie, the original Bloodsport, is our highest recommendation, obviously. Where did the other one stand, in your opinion? Because obviously Van Damme wasn't in it. He wasn't in any of the uh, subsequent sequels, kind of like a Kickboxer. They just kind of like build, they just tried to kind of like build off of that uh, reputation. They might insert a little clip here and there of them from the original, but what do you feel about these uh, Beluge of sequels for Bloodsport? Uh, it's about six of them, so. Yeah, all of them were bad. Not one good one in a bunch, huh? Uh-uh. After this first one, they were all bad. Just like Kickboxer. I mean, the second one was decent, but... <laughs> they got way out of hand. Way out of hand. And I mean, you know, but this blood sport, by the time it was done, they they were in prisons and, you know, underground prison matches and shit. It was just stupid. It really got stupid. Um, this was the best. Did not, did not need a sequel at all. So, but yeah, I mean, the, 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 you knew Hollywood was going to try to capitalize off this and make sequels. Yeah. Did I know it was going to go that far? No. I mean, well, this is one of those, this is the definition of like a, uh, a hidden, uh, like a, uh, surprise hit because they made the Hollywood basically made this movie for peanuts. Oh yeah, and they basically, they basically quadrupled their money. And they were like, ah, oh, maybe we got something here. And here's the, but the key of it was, if they had had at least one original person from the uh, original movie, preferably Van Damme involved, it could have did some business. But once you once you once you do all these sequels and you have no no actor at all from the original to kind of like at least tie everything together. I mm-hmm. mean, at least fucking uh, uh, Eugene Levy was in all of the American Pie flicks, so it was at least that connection. So even if you thought the movie sucked, at least it had a connection to the original fucking movies. Yeah, at least Van Damme did some of the, um, you know, what am I thinking, the Universal Soldier sequels. Yeah. To try to keep the franchise going. Look, it's like Fast and the Furious. You know, Vin Diesel's trying to keep the franchise going. Lord, is he? <laughs> so is Tyrese Gibson. He's afraid to lose any... He's, he's afraid to lose a penny off any of these movies. He's just a baby boy, that's why. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, a lot of questions about the actual movie and I'll say one more time whether whether you can confirm what happened if this is a true story or not I don't think it matters the movie itself is good I love martial arts movies I don't watch it for the story I don't watch them for the plot I watch martial arts movies for the fighting if they have Good fighting scenes, that's what makes a martial arts movie great. 
true enough. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't give a shit if this is true. I don't care if the guy made it all up. I... Could he be a scumbag? Of course he could be. Again, makes no difference to the actual movie itself. You know, it's it, it, it's not like the uh, he was playing you know himself in the movie, and had it not been for this movie, we might not have the you know ever popular Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah, exactly. This was his, uh, he had been around for almost a good ten years prior, but this was his first breakout hit. It was. It was definitely his first break. I mean, obviously, we had tons of movies to come off of this. Um, probably my next favorite, you know, Van Damme movie is going to be, I, I, you know, I'll give you two more. Um, Time Cop and Hard Target are going to be the next two. Wow. And, and then and then Death Warrant. Yeah, and Time Cop is one of those ones that I, I just like the futuristic aspect to it. But that, but surprisingly, that doesn't get talked about a whole lot. And he had the best mullet ever in Time Cop. <laughs> and in Hard Target. Like, super sweet mullets. <laughs> top I five, mean, top five. Fuck yeah. Oh, dude. Hard Target is like number one of the super sweet mullets. Wrestlers would have been jealous of his permed mullet. Yes. And it t- I, and you got to figure, it took a fucking man to, ha- to still be rocking a mullet in the 90s. Hell yeah. Oh, dude. He had to be a fucking man. <laughs> yeah, but he was rocking it. What's his name? Michael Douglas, or Kirk Douglas was rocking it. Fucking a lot of people were still rocking the, even Stallone was still rocking the mullet a little bit in the 90s. They were just the the long mullets were it the, the 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 puffy front and the long back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Mel Gibson, Lethal Weapon. You're right. Yeah, yeah. And puffy the, and the, mullet. As a matter of fact, yeah, he didn't he didn't drop the mullet to the last one. <laughs> Mm-mm. Which was insane. <laughs> well, you know, the, the obviously the Jews told him to do it. <laughs> He had to cut it. That's that's he was probably pissed. That's probably the whole reason for the rant because he was pissed they made him cut his mullet. Oh wait, Charlie Sheen was another one. He had a he rocked the mullet for a good five six years. Charlie Sheen rocked the mullet. Matter of fact, I've been watching um, Young Guns for the past couple of days. It's just been on TV, and I know it's weird to say, but that's probably one of my favorite cowboy movies. Yeah, you see, trying to think, you should do a list. Uh... The Emilio Estevez had a mullet for a while, a nice little mullet. Um, mm-hmm. Um, ah, man, who did rock the fucking mullet back then? Uh, Pitt? Brad Pitt? Yeah, yeah, another one. Brad Pitt had the fucking mullet. Boz, the Boz, Brian Bosworth. Oh, shit, yeah. He had the fucking spiked mullet at that time. It was a, fucking. It was an artificial mullet, but uh, fucking uh, David Spade had one in that Joe Dirt flick. Um, well, that was a total. That was a that was a full mullet, dude. Mike Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Mike Awesome rocked that fucking mullet. God damn it, the Rock and Roll Express. Ricky Morton still rocks the fucking mullet. Proudly. 
Crowley. I think he even has like a T-shirt, mullet life or something like that. <laughs> Eddie Guerrero had one for a while toward, you know. Yeah. Till he, uh, till he did the Mamacita, he pretty much had a mullet. Yeah. Oh, a, a throwback. I got to ask you about this one. Mm-hmm. What did you think about John Belushi's mullet? Not John. Ah. I mean Jim Belushi. Jim Belushi. He had the old uh, the curly mullet. Ah, Billy Ray Cyrus. Great one, Weebs. Great mullet. Great one. Great one. Uh, any more mullets in the chat room, or are we, uh, or are we going that far off a of fucking topic that we probably should end this show? Oh man, it's up to you because we actually ran through the movie. We we actually stayed on topic throughout the movie. Well, like I said, I was really excited about doing the movie until I started looking at all this stuff about Frank's Dukes and the claims he made, and it kind of... Don't meet, never meet or research your heroes, box. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm going to do way less research for whatever movie we pick next week. (laughs) 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 Um, yeah. Way less research, uh, but yeah, but but you know, once again, like I said, whether the, whether he did or didn't do this, I don't really give a fuck. I think it's a great martial arts movie, um, and again, like I said in the beginning of the show, this movie came right when the world was needing a martial arts actor, a martial arts hero to take over. We really had no one after Bruce Lee, man. Yeah, and we didn't, and, and still haven't really, because you know, it, it, and rightfully so, because you don't really, you don't replace certain people, you just can't. I would say the closest we have is Jackie Chan, um, in you know, with longevity and the amount of movies he's done, and the fact that he never uses a stunt man. That's fucking insane. You know, all those things you see him do, there's no cables, there's no nothing. You know, he's been hurt a ton. If you watch the outtakes to all of his movies, it's him being hurt. Yeah. And laughing and laughing about it most of the time. You know, um, I, I think Jackie Chan is the closest we can get to a, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say a Bruce Lee replacement because there will never be a replacement for a guy like Bruce Lee. But this, I mean, 1988, this is when we were just looking, you know, the, the world was looking for a, someone to do it. And, you know, Van Damme had it, everything. He had it. He had the, the, the body. He was ripped. He had the little accent. He had the hair, the chiseled features. I mean, you name it, he he had it, like Anthony just said. So, this was, I mean, obviously this was his time. This movie, like we showed, put him on the map, basically, in the martial arts world. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. Okay. I was saying, like, uh, uh, how would you rate his acting overall? Oof. Look, his acting isn't the best. It's not the worst. Um, for a guy with an accent like he has, it's it's decent, and it's gotten better over time. Yeah, I mean, I I, I like Van Damme's movies because they have a certain charm to them. 
Mm-hmm. But he's no. Let, put it to you like this: He's no Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger had the accent, yeah. Sometimes, but he also had the charisma to kind of make it work. Like Van Damme, as much as I like his, I mean, he kind of got over on the action and what it, the martial arts stuff, but he never really had that charisma to him. He just always was like very blunt. He's almost like the Randy Orton to me of uh, martial arts movies, where he kind of like never really changes personality, facial expression. <sighs> I don't think he's that bad, but I, mean, I can see where you're coming from. But I mean, you know, Schwarzenegger, you could sort of say a little bit of the same thing, although he's played, you know, serious roles, funny roles, kid movie roles. Yeah, I, I, that's what I mean. I just don't I can't picture Van Damme ever being able to make that transition like to, to doing comedies and making it work. This show he has coming out is the the genre is comedy so uh to be determined let's see how it comes out he's literally playing jean-claude van damme trying to recreate his career as jean-claude van johnson who who does he think he is chuck norris jesus (laughs) christ (laughs) <laughs> Jeez, I can't believe we haven't brought him up in all these fucking martial arts conversations. I mean, that's the man right there. And, you know, yeah, he was another one that you could bring up that was, uh, you know, trying to sort of replace Bruce Lee. But he was already Norton. You don't realize how old Chuck Norris is and how long he's been around. And and that man is fucking tired. We need to bottle whatever he's on because he, he, I swear, from like the seventies to the present, that man has never aged. He look, he looks the fucking same. He does, man. He's in great fucking shape, and you know what? He'd probably still kick the shit out of you, but and you, <laughs> I, yeah. Um, I, 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 I mean, Chuck Norris is absolutely amazing, but he was already established. It, it uh, he was already established as his own star. Yeah, he had his own brand. Like, it, he, yeah, like a few he, years, he, like a few years after Bruce Lee passed, actually. So they kind of right. like they had just passed each other. They were like two ships passing in the night. Yeah, he wasn't trying to replace Bruce Lee at all. He was sort of like the, uh not Bruce Lee light. I don't want to say he was. That just, he was just Chuck like the man, like the man's man martial artist. That's all. He yeah, was. yeah. He but he had definitely already established his career, and he didn't need to be the replacement for Bruce Lee. Chuck Norris needed to be Chuck Norris. Yep, and hey, it, yeah. it's worked for him. Yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ! If any, I mean, out of every martial artist. Everyone knows who fucking Chuck Norris is. So, I don't know, man. I don't want to sit here and uh, tear down Frank Dukes anymore, and I don't really have much else to say about the movie. Otherwise, we're going to get into a fucking Bruce Lee conversation that I could go on all night about. We should say that for our part two on Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee part deux. Part deux. Yeah, hopefully you don't do too much research because it would kill you if you had to come on here and uh, talk badly about Bruce Lee. Nah, there's not much bad about Bruce Lee on here, man. <laughs> there's not much bad stuff about him. According to most claims, he was an amazing person. Well, that's good. 
Listen to him talk, and you can tell what kind of guy he was. He was a philosophical martial artist who just wanted to bring good into the world. That was it. That's really narrows him down, I think. Eh, there you go. So on that note, I think we should get the fuck out of here. No doubt. No doubt. All right. Don't forget, you guys can always catch me and Anthony right here. We'll be back next Saturday, uh, 10, uh, 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Don't know what movie we're doing yet. Go ahead and stay tuned to the THG Movie Review on Facebook for that. We will let you know. Uh, you can catch me and Shaheen here on Wednesday nights, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Mixler.com slash THT Podcast. And don't forget to check out Shaheen and J-Cat Morris. They're usually on Sundays. The show usually drops on Monday. Uh, they don't always go live. And shit, Anthony, Doug, when are you guys? When are you and Doug doing another uh, Rain Man uh, wrestling? Uh, basically, the uh, episodes right now will probably be pre-recorded and it'll be dropped uh, Monday or Tuesday. Still trying to that's out on the day. Awesome. But, but Monday or Tuesday it'll be dropped. Usual feeds: iTunes, Stitcher, Radio, the THT uh, Network. There you go. I uh, look today. Shaheen hasn't got that network going. So for right now, just stay tuned to the uh, THD podcast that you're subscribed to. And, of course, subscribe to THD Movie Review. And on that note, Anthony, I appreciate it. This was a great fucking movie. I'm glad we did it. Even though I found out Frank Dukes is a lying piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> it's cool. I can live with it. And... Uh, Fuck, I'll have to put the shine box in later because I don't have it loaded up. But if you did have it loaded up, you tell Frank Dukes to go home and uh, get it, right? Actually, I'll tell you what. Give me three seconds here. One, two. I'll go home and get your fucking shine box. <laughs>